Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. I hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend back in Wheeling, got some golf in, did not play well. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram, which you can at BTSC underscore Jeff, um, I struggled, and that's golf, you know? I mean, I enjoyed playing with my dad and my brother. Uh, did not play well. Probably had the two worst rounds of the year in a in the big tournament we play in every year. But you know what? It's fine. Still love the game. Not going to give it up. But, you know, I hope you had a great weekend nonetheless. And here we are, folks. It is finally here. And when I say it, I mean it is time for the Steelers to finally get to training camp. Now, if you've been following along for the last week, you know I've been highlighting specific position groups and skill position players, etc. every single day throughout last week. Last Monday, I did the skill position players on offense. Wednesday, the defensive skill position players. Friday, we dove into the trenches. You can go back and listen to every single one of those podcasts, and nothing that you will hear will be outdated. Now, on Monday, today, I was going to talk about the coaches and special teams. And then something happened. It happened on Friday. Everyone's probably heard this. Ron Cook of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he did a, an interview with Ben Roethlisberger in retirement. And to be completely honest with you, I was, I was, it was like a big, giant eye roll, the entire article that was published on Friday. And so then I'm thinking there, I'm th- I was, okay, what do I want to talk about on Monday? We are going to talk about the special teams and the coaches in the second half of the show. No Monday morning conversation, but the first half and the title of this show is not about a training camp preview. No, it's about Ben Roethlisberger. That, and, I, and that's important, what I just said. That we're not talking about training camp. We're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, a retired player. The title is, It's Time for Big Ben to fade into the background. That's right. I said it. It is time for Big Ben to fade into the background. There's a lot to unfold here, a lot to unpack, and I understand that this is a very sensitive topic to a lot of people, some even on the BTSE staff. I I wrote a letter from the editor and kind of talked about this a little bit on Sunday morning, and there was at least one member of our staff who, boy, did he take umbrage to what I wrote Oh, how dare you talk about Ben like that? But let me say something right off the bat. You would be hard-pressed to find a bigger Ben Roethlisberger fan than the person that you're listening to right now. Since 2004, I've rooted for Ben Roethlisberger. I've, through the ups and the downs, both on the field and off the field, I have supported him. I've been an apologist for him. It was, in my opinion, my dad and brother will vouch for this, it was never Ben's fault in my eyes. Even when I knew that it was, I never wanted to say that. And so for me to say this, I don't want you all thinking that I've been some Ben hater for the last decade plus. It's not true. Not true. Ask anyone that knows me. That is not true. But there's some people that, oh, how dare you say anything critical of Ben Roethlisberger. Now, it's important to note that while I've been doing podcasts for Behind the Steel Curtain for a long time, only the last three seasons have I done this show, my show, 
where I'm not co-hosting with anyone. It's just me and a microphone. It's me and my thoughts, me and my opinions. And in this case, in this regard, what you think does not matter. Why? Because we're talking about my opinions. You can have your opinions. That's fine. You can have your own thoughts on these topics. But when it comes to what I'm about to say, these are my opinions. And there were a lot of people in the comment section of that article that I wrote on Sunday morning that were just really upset that someone would say something like this. They felt the article was harmless. Yes, in and of itself, it was harmless. However, it was also unnecessary. Let's get started. So Ben Roethlisberger, we know he retired last year, and I understand this is probably difficult for him. For the last 18 years, he has been preparing himself for training camp and going, whether it's at Heinz Field, most of it had been at St. Vincent College. He's been gearing up for this for the last 18 years. Do anything in your life for 18 years and then all of a sudden stop, and there's going to be some weirdness. There's going to be some awkwardness. There's going to be some of that, I feel like I should be doing something and I'm not doing anything. That kind of looking around, I think about the Pulp Fiction scene where John Travolta just kind of looking around. He probably feels some of that. I get it. I honestly do. But you know, when you think about Ben Roethlisberger in and of of himself, he's always been very polarizing. He's been polarizing with, from everything from the motorcycle accident to the shenanigans in Nevada and in uh, Georgia, to the way that he played the game has always been polarizing, but especially the way that he has always handled the media has been very polarizing. Roethlisberger has been known to, you know, let me just put it this way. Roethlisberger's been known to be very brash with the media, especially early in his career. He didn't want to give a lot of interviews. This is when he was Big Ben. He was that persona. And so a lot of people viewed him as arrogant, conceited, and kind of spoiled. We'll put it that way. Throughout his career, his career changed. His leadership, well, I guess, let me say this, what was expected of him as a leader changed, but he's always been polarizing. Now, Ron Cook of the Post-Gazette, this is also important to note, he had a, has always had a great relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger liked Ron Cook. They probably got along, and that's why Ron Cook got this interview. Ron Cook was the one on, when it was the Cook and Pony show on 93.7 The Fan. Ben Roethlisberger had his weekly radio spot on that show. Think about when he did that show. Think about what happened. What happened on that show? There were always, always, always headlines that came from that media spot. And very few of them were positive. Very few of them were positive. So Ron Cook hits up Ben Roethlisberger. I really doubt that Ben would have have texted Ron Cook. Ron Cook probably sent him a text or an email or called him up. Imagine it went something like this. Ron Cook says, Hey, Ben, uh, just wanted to see if maybe you'd be interested in doing an interview. Uh, you know, the Steelers are going to be reporting to camp, and I'd just love to get your take on how retirement's going. Roethlisberger responds probably with, Yeah, sure, that's fine. We'll fit you in. Let me know what you're thinking in day and time. Now, that seems innocent. What I think should have been said was Ron Cook, Hey, Ben, got time for an interview? And Ben, in my opinion, should say, 
yeah, Ron, I appreciate it, but you know what? Maybe at the end of next season or, you know, whatever. Uh, honestly, let's just the, – the guys are reporting to camp this week. I don't want to take any of their thunder. I don't want to steal the spotlight. I don't want – you know, I want to stay out of it. You know, I'm retired now. I'm just trying to kind of distance myself from that and move on, as Chuck Noll would say, to my life's work. But he didn't do that. He did the first one. He said, sure, I'll do the interview. Now, Ben's always been very honest. I will say that about Ben Roethlisberger. He's always been very honest in the media comments and quotes, and he very much like mainly Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is a master at this, uses the media to communicate to his team. So Ben Roethlisberger, probably taking a cue from his head coach, said, well, I could probably do the same thing. I could probably motivate some of my teammates through this medium. Do you remember the comments made about, you know, James Washington and how his struggles and how he needs to be a little bit better? I mean, I could go on and on about some of these comments. It didn't always motivate. Do we also need to go back and revisit some of the comments about his desire to have taller receivers, why the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round, being critical of certain players in certain times, coaches as well? That's what makes Ben polarizing. It's, it's honesty. But at the same time, as a P, if I'm on the PR staff, I'm thinking, this guy's a nightmare. Someone take the microphone away from him. He can't give a stock answer to save his life. But still, the quotes, well, they're the quotes. I'm going to read you some. See, these are not all the quotes from the article, just a few that I pulled for the article that I wrote about it. Um, here's one. This is on, and this is probably the most telling quote from Roethlisberger in the article. And this is based the question on how the team has only won three playoff games since 2010. That was the year that they went to Super Bowl 45. Here's what Ben says, quote, I feel like the game has changed. I feel like the people have changed in a sense. Maybe it's because I got spoiled when I came in. The team was so important. It was all about the team. Now it's all about me and this, that, and the other. I might be standing on a soapbox a little bit, but that's my biggest takeaway from when I started to the end. It turned from a team first to a me type attitude. It was hard. It's hard for those young guys too. Social media, they're treated so well in college. Now this new NIL stuff, which is unbelievable. They're treated so special. They're coddled at a young age because college coaches need them to win too. I know Hepner never coddled me. Neither did Cower. End quote. Wow. Okay. So you were asked about why the team didn't win three, has only won three playoff games since 2010, and you go off on a tangent about how it's no longer a team-first mentality in the locker room. Okay, that's fine. Could have given a stock answer, chose not to. Now, he continues. He was asked, essentially, what was the front office, what, what, were, they, what were the thoughts on you coming back in 2021? Here's what he said, quote, it was mostly Kevin, talking about Kevin Colbert. He was ready to move on. I think Mike, Mike Tomlin, was a little ready to move on, but I think he was okay with me coming back. I think Mr. Rooney really wanted me to come back last year to play. I thought I went out on my terms. I never wanted to stay too long. I know some people might think I did. You stayed last year. But I think I thought I played pretty well last year, to be honest. My arm feels like I could still go out and play. I'm pretty confident I could still play. But it's every day. It's mental. Not having to prepare for camp in the season has been the biggest blessing for me. I'm fine with where I'm at with everything, end quote. So I read this, and I'm thinking to myself, he could have left out all that front office stuff and just said the second part. I thought I went out on my own terms. I never wanted to stay too long, yada, yada, yada. Okay, 
Then he was asked about his favorite game, uh, his favorite moment at home. It's not a Super Bowl win. And he did that. They did ask him about the Super Bowl 45 loss. It was a loss to the Packers, most notably, and was drudged up by Richard Mendenhall when he said he didn't fumble. Here's what Ben thought about it. Quote, that was tough. Still stings. We lost Marquise Pouncey right before that game. I still think, what if? What if he's able to play? He was such a different playmaker for us. I look back at it and think, man, I know some Packers players. I've talked to them. We were starting to make a little bit of a run. Driving down the field, they were nervous. A couple of guys were like, here they go. It would have been fun to see what would happen if Rashard Mendenhall hadn't fumbled. All right, so those are some of the quotes. If you want to read all the quotes, you can find the article in my letter from the editor article. But one thing that I keep on coming back to throughout all of this is why even take the interview? Why even tell Ron Cook, sure, I'll give you the interview? And one thing that sticks out to me is that Ben's never been media savvy. I talked about how his honesty comes off the wrong way. Still does to this day. But I also think, you could. what about some other prominent players that maybe didn't leave on their own terms with the Steelers? Did they, were they giving media, were they giving interviews to anyone? And I'm talking about important players in the Steelers franchise, who, people that want to say, well, Ben's different because he's a quarterback, whatever. I, I don't think Terry Bradshaw did. I mean, he went into the media himself. So did Heinz Ward. They're very similar in regards to Heinz Ward went to NBC shortly after his retirement. He's not with them anymore. He's coaching in the XFL. But still, he was able to give his thoughts on the Steelers in that capacity. Same with Terry Bradshaw, in a sense. But what about someone like Troy Polamalu? No, he was seen at a Pirates game shortly after his retirement, and then that was it. That was it. Until his Hall of Fame induction, he did not come around or talk about the Steelers. Heath Miller, one of the greatest tight ends in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Was he giving interviews when he left? No. Even Jerome Bettis. Now, he was another one that well, he was on ESPN. You have to understand something. This, to me, this, to me, I'm trying to think about the motivation for Roethlisberger to even give an interview at this stage of his life. You know, un- unless this is a play for him to try and play this season, not for the Steelers, maybe someone else. Unless this is him just kind of throwing it out there, I can still play. And still in tune with everything that's going on. He gave some great quotes about talking with Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. But some of these quotes, boy, were they cringe-worthy, in my opinion. It was really just, oh, my gosh. I read it and I was just like, this doesn't make sense. Why take the interview? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an attention thing. Let's be honest with each other here. Maybe this is Roethlisberger realizing that maybe he's not ready to fade into the background as I titled this podcast. Maybe he's trying to somehow remain relevant. I, I, I would understand that completely. Like I said at the, at the beginning of this segment, 18 years is a very long time. And when it's the first year where you're not gearing up for camp, that has to be difficult. It has to be difficult. Why does he want the attention though? Why does he need to take the interview? It's going to happen sooner or later. And when I say it, it happening is going to be Ben Roethlisberger slowly just becoming a memory. What I mean by that is not that Ben Roethlisberger's career was not significant, 
Not that he wasn't the greatest in Steelers history. Not that he's not going to get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. But that when the new season comes around, he's not going to be a part of it for the first time since 2004. And what I always, what I keep coming back to is that on a day where it's the day before the Steelers report to St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, I am not previewing the preview training camp preview is not the title of my podcast. It is about Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that's not even on the team. You, you can blame me. You can say, well, Jeff, you're the one that chose the title. I'm sorry, but if you pay attention, my job here on this podcast network is to do a lot of the commentary stuff, a lot of the news stuff. If people are talking about it, I need to talk about it. And nothing has been talked about more since that article was released on Friday than this guy's comments. That's what I'm trying to say. When the day before the Steelers report to camp, when everyone else should be when everyone should be focusing on those black and gold Pittsburgh Steelers, here we are. And we're talking about this. Take it for what it's worth. Before I go into my break, and before I go in the second half and talk about special teams and coaching coaches and things like that, I want to remind folks out there, in case you missed it or you weren't paying attention, I am not in any way, shape, or form bashing Ben Roethlisberger. I enjoyed the heck out of his career. He was a fantastic player. But every player's time and their moment in the sun and their moment in the spotlight comes to an end. And I just feel like for Roethlisberger... He had the send-off at Heinz Field. Yes, it was Heinz Field then. He had the playoff the playoff clinching win in Baltimore in overtime. And he got to the playoffs one more time. It didn't go well, but he got to the playoffs one last time. Like, What else do you need? Let these new guys take over. Let them have their time, their moment. Let it begin for them. So, Ben... I know you're not listening, but if you are, let this be your last interview for a while. Don't show up to training camp. If you go to a game this year, do it under the, you know, go in the back door. Like, just, just don't, don't be that guy. Okay. And last thing here before I take a break, we always, everyone knows that guy. So I remember when I first got into my fraternity in college, there was a guy that graduated and he just kept coming around. He was a great brother. We loved him. Everyone loved him. But he just kept coming around. Like, dude, you got to go. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you got to go. You've got to go. You're not, you don't belong here anymore. We love you. We love you to death, but you just don't belong here anymore. He's like, well, what do you mean? Like, We're brothers. Yes, we are. But it's our time now. You did your time and you were great but it's our time now. Like, I feel like that's where we are right now with Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe he'll get the hint. Maybe he won't. We'll see. If you want to let me know what you think about this topic, you can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Hit me up. Be glad to have a discussion about it. I always respond, recognize all my ride or die crew. If not, that's fine too. We'll be back right after this break to talk about special teams and coaches in the final training camp preview to get you geared up for them, the Steelers, to report to camp on Tuesday. Be right back.
fans. Welcome back to the second half of the Monday show. No Monday morning conversation. I'm sorry. I didn't get, I didn't, I had someone. I thought I was going to be able to lock it down. Wasn't able to do it. That's okay. The Big Ben stuff, we went long anyway. So we're going to get this final training camp preview done. The Steelers report to St. Vincent on Tuesday. And it's a great time for me to remind you to check out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com to check out our training camp confidential. So you're probably listening like, well, what is this and wow, how is it different? So the training camp confidential was kind of a spinoff of something that Neil Coolong, who used to be the editor of Behind the Steel Curtain before I took over, and I worked for him, he did a feature similar to this, and it's basically just an influx of content for almost a 48, maybe a 72-hour 72, 72 time period. Now, on the Behind the Steel Curtain page, I will have one of those six big blocks, if you've ever been there, or if you're on your phone, one of the top six blocks will be dedicated to the Training Camp Confidential. And every single article that goes out, well, you'll see it on the other squares, but will also stay in that square. So make sure you all are checking that out. We're, we're already gearing up. I know we have a lot of good stuff coming for you. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, with that out of the way, let's get to this final training camp preview. We've already done the skill positions on offense and defense, the trenches. Now it's time to dive into the special teams and the coaching staff, which I think are still very, very important, especially when you're talking about the special teams players and how that can be the difference in a game. We saw that in a lot of ways last season. When you think about a game like the game at Cleveland, okay, the game at Cleveland, remember Chris Boswell gets knocked out of the game with a concussion and suddenly the Steelers don't have a place kicker. It changed everything. How many times did you, me, everyone that listens to my podcast talk about Big Press winning the job and just really looking like he wasn't up to the task at times last season. Now, we learned that he had a slew of tragedies in his personal life, and he missed a couple games. I think it might have been one game, but he missed a game because of it. You just hope that those type of things don't happen. The best thing you could have with special teams is when the only thing you're talking about are you're talking about the good things nailing 50 plus yard field goals, not missing extra points, pinning teams inside the 20 yard line, inside the 10, even better, 50 plus yard punts, not out kicking your coverage. That's what you want to see. And let's also not forget long snapper, not messing up a snap, sailing it over someone's head. Those mistakes can be absolutely killers. But let's talk about the special teams. Again, are they up to snuff has been the ongoing question throughout this preview. And we're going to talk about these in, right, let's be honest, folks. There's three players. You have your kicker, your punter, your long snapper. And sure, we could talk about the backup kicker they have in camp or the backup punter or the other long snapper. But you know what's going to happen? Those three guys, unless they're injured, are going to make the team. So let's talk about Chris Boswell as the place kicker. Since 2018, there have been there has been a group of fans that are just very hesitant. They they love Boz, the Wizard of Boz, but they are just very very hesitant. And so when you think about it in that regard, I feel like he's done plenty to make me feel very confident when he's kicking the ball. He's not having huge snafus or anything like that. I for sure I would love for him to not miss extra points because that's infuriating. But his leg has gotten stronger. He's kicked longer uh, field goals. He's had more touchbacks as well. I like Chris Boswell a lot. And he is he up to snuff? 
Absolutely, he's up to snuff. Okay, he's a a guy that, if it wasn't for Justin Tucker, would probably be considered one of the best kickers, if not the best kicker, in the National Football League. Let's go to punter. You have big press. Okay, when you're talking about big press, Presley Harvin III. And Dave Schofield, I'll, I'll channel you back to his Stat Geek podcast last week, ran on Thursday morning. Good stuff. He talked about the punters, Boswell, and the kickers. Really interesting statistics. Now, Presley Harvin, what we found, or Dave found, is that he had great statistics at home, struggled on the road. I don't know if there's a correlation there. I don't know if it's going to change. It should change. I hope it changes. Is he up to snuff? I cannot say yes right now. I was rooting so hard for Big Press last year. If you listen to my podcast last year, you know I wanted Jordan Berry out of that organization as soon as possible. I wanted Big Press. Got Big Press, and there were times where I said, I can't call him Big Press anymore. He's just Presley Harvin the third. Is Big Press up to snuff? That's the question we want to know. And no, I don't think he is. I don't think he is yet. As a placeholder, I was very, very impressed with him last year. He had some really, really good holds, in my opinion. But not yet as a punter. Christian Kuntz, he did his job. Former, He's also like a slash linebacker, so he's not afraid to go down the field and make a tackle on the kickoff and the kick teams, uh, the punt team. But he's good, solid. Up to snuff, sure. I like the Steelers' special teams. If Presley Harvin can kind of navigate his way, they are up to snuff. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. A lot of teams are trying out different kickers, and they're replacing their kicker every year. The fact the Steelers have Boswell, hopefully big press for a long time, that is a huge relief for me as a fan. The last part of the preview, we're going to talk about the coaching staff. Okay, let's see if they are up to snuff. Let's talk about the players, players, the coaches, and where they align. So we have head coach Mike Tomlin. We know since 2007 he's been the guy. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada is going into year two. Tara Lawson is a defensive coordinator is going into year one in that role with the Steelers. And Brian Flores, I'm going to attach him to that. We'll talk about that in a second. Special teams coordinator Danny Smith has been there for a long time as well. So Mike Tomlin, we've all talked about Mike Tomlin a lot. He's as polarizing as they come when it comes to the fan base. And his non-losing record streak is, in my opinion, it's one of the more dubious records. I think that a lot of people are kind of burnt out about it. They're kind of just like, well, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure if, I, I don't know if, if he's that guy because they hate that. Okay, what are we celebrating? Mediocrity? That Mike Tomlin went out and Mike Tomlin just kind of, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. That, that, that record in and of itself is very odd for fans. Some love it and they tout it. Some are kind of, they hate it. So Mike Tomlin, though, he's the guy, and it looks like he's going to be that guy until he says he's done. Uh, people want to talk about a hot seat. I just don't see it happening. Mike Tomlin is the guy. Is he up to snuff? That's a tough question. For a Super Bowl winning coach, it should be an easy yes. But my gosh, they haven't won a playoff game in a while. Win a playoff game, coach. Win a playoff game. Up to snuff? Yes, he's up to snuff. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada, he gets some of his guys now. He has his his type of quarterback, his type of line, his running back. He has his type of wide receivers. Like This is now his show. Is he up to snuff? No, he's not up to snuff. Last year's offense was not good. But this year, I don't think he has the excuses built in that he did last year either. So Matt Canada, 
It's now or never, brother. I feel like that's where it is with him as the offensive coordinator. Uh, And I talked about this at the end of last year. If you're going to go down this road, understand it could be a long and winding road. I think up to snuff, OC Matt Canada, no, not yet. I hope he does, but not yet. Terrell Austin, and like I said, Brian Flores, I can't say whether they're up to snuff. It is his first year doing this. So I'm anxious to see what this looks like. And Brian Flores, we all talked about this since he was hired in the winter. Everyone has just been, well, Brian Flores likes to do this, and rightfully so. Kevin Smith, Jeffrey Benedict here behind the steel curtain, they all talk about the Flores influence. But what if he doesn't have that influence? What if he's just there to coach the linebackers? What if he's not actually putting a massive amount of impact into the game plan every week? What if that's Austin? So we don't know. None of this we don't know. Is he up to, they up to snuff? I don't know. No one knows. So we got to leave that one as like a question mark. Danny Smith, people love to hate Danny Smith, whether it's because he chews bubblegum, uh, whether, you know, whatever. I, I know that the Steelers' special teams have been hit or miss a lot throughout his career. But like I said earlier, when I talked about those special teams players, I like the Steelers' special teams. I really do. When you talk about some of the special teamers like Miles Killebrew, you talk about Derek Watt. Uh, they have some really good special teams players, and it's only going to get better. If someone like Mark Robinson, seventh-round pick, can somehow, some way, be a difference maker on special teams, it's a great problem to have, a great problem to have. So up to snuff, coaching staff, it, it, to me it's kind of like it's a flat line. It's not yes, it's not no. I said yes to Tomlin, no to Canada. I used to give a yes to Danny Smith, but an incomplete for Austin and Flores. So I'm going to say that get just it's tough to do this with coaches, but still, that's it. I'm excited for the Steelers to finally get to training camp. On Wednesday, we will be talking about actual training camp stuff. I don't care if we're talking about players showing up to practice. We will be talking about training camp stuff. I cannot tell you how exciting that will be. And also, be on the lookout on Tuesday for the tweet. You know how to follow me, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I'll send out the tweet on Tuesday around noonish for the mailbag. You ask the question. I answer it on the Wednesday show, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know how we finish it up here, folks. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest. Have a great start to your week. I will see you on Wednesday.